Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. This is a podcast from Minute Media. everybody settle down settle down here at the pod academy now i wanted to bring a little issue to your attention it seems all of our rubber bands are missing if somebody has been making them do some sort of gigantic ball of some sort i would appreciate if you give a couple of them back because my papers are getting everywhere i'm alex hey Pete. Pete, i'm the guy stealing all the rubber bands i'm the bad kid in the back of the class yeah we're gonna get. We're gonna get him. Oh man, what's the Amish? Uh, I'm Justin. I'm Pete. <laughs> and and we're gonna be a- talking about Umbrella Academy season three, episode two, world's biggest ball of twine. Was that what you're gonna clarify, yeah. Pete? That we're talking yeah. about twine, not rubber. Twine, bands? not a rubber band. Listen, when I'm planning the bits that kick off of this podcast, which is which a is, solid, you do, yeah, day of my time at least, months in advance, months in advance. Thank you, Pete. I was I was downplaying it, but yes, it's months of my time. I thought about it, and are they more likely to have twine in a classroom or rubber bands? Both of them can be made into balls, and ultimately, I went with rubber bands. Let's take it from the top again because I really <laughs> messed up. I'm yeah. Alex. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love that intro. Yeah. Well, I mean, Amish classrooms would probably have twine, and I think that's apropos. Yeah, Twine was the original rubber bands, I always say. Yeah. Mm. Very slightly In any case, if you haven't checked out the episode on Netflix, please do. But brief bit of recap here. The umbrellas are on the run, or rather, not really running anywhere. They're just kind of staying in place over the Hotel Obsidian. While the Sparrow Academy kidnaps Luther this episode to find out what happened to Marcus. They don't know that he got eaten by the big ball of energy in their basement. So there's a lot of confusion going on here. But in the midst of all of this, Klaus... And five take a road trip to visit the Amish to visit Klaus's mom. They find out some alarming information, which is that all of their moms are dead and, in fact, died on the day that they were all born. So they got a whole big thing going on here. And by the end of the episode, we get some romantic things pick up significantly as Sloan from the Sparrow Academy and Luther from the Imperial Academy have a cute little floaty kiss. So there you go. Oh, there's nothing better than a floating kiss. Floaty kiss. That's how all kisses feel. That's how you know. Hover a little bit. Now, Justin, I'm curious because I know the first episode you had questions, I think is a fair way of putting it. Do you feel like things are ramping up a little bit more in this episode or how are you feeling two episodes in? Oh, Pete. Uh, Pete, do you want to weigh in on how Justin's feeling? (laughs) (laughs) I was just doing a a ramp, you know, ramping it up. Okay, that wasn't a raising a hand. No, no, I was just a ramp, you know, just kind of. Just physicalize it. That's what it's all about. Yeah, exactly. It's that acting training that you didn't take, didn't have. Hey, I minored in acting, asshole. Minor! (laughs) We got ourselves a minor. Object work, though, you're you're exactly your Wait, what did you major in? Uh, communications, television and radio. Oh, wow. Perfect. You're on a podcast right now. 
No. Killing it. And you're, you're an effective communicator, mostly. <laughs> this is yeah, my see? ramp. Your ramp. Yeah, effectively that was a whole semester ramp. right there, four classes yeah. on ramps. Yeah. It's cross-disciplinary with the, with the physics department. Um, so, uh, so far, I, I think this episode, it is coming together. I think some of the stuff we talked about last episode where it's like, they should be aware that this is a time paradox. They, they know this. And so the fact that Five's like, what I think we've got on our hands here is... A paradox. It's like, yeah, hi, we all know. We know what's up. So I'm glad they're at least caught up with that. And I do like it's the pace of this show, I think, is something that it takes getting used to. It's a show where it's like, look, we're going to play some dope ass music all yeah. the time. The music budget on this show has got to be Woo. sick. And they'll luxuriate in these longer scenes. And there are some other scenes where like, here are four things that you're going to need to know. These are huge facts for the rest of the season. And then moving on. So it's sort of, it's like a, it matches the tone of the characters as well, where they're like, we don't know what we're doing. Mm-hmm. So they're like, sit around for half a day. And all of a sudden they're like, oh, we have to do this incredibly difficult thing. And that's it. I do think they're, one of the big things that I enjoyed the way it was executed, but ultimately was a little frustrating for me in this episode was Klaus and Diego's road trip. Because as soon as they were leaving, I was like, oh, come on, we just got everybody together again. (laughs) Please stop splitting them up. And I expected that there would be some sort of now Klaus and Diego are going to be gone for three episodes as usual with the show. But the fact that they went to Amish country and back in one episode was kind of nice. Sometimes you just need to see a big ball of yarn and then you go well, you got to get some. Uh, they should have picked up some shoe fly pie. That's all I'm saying. That's one of my favorite. Uh, interesting. Yeah. Or you some um, handmade for shoe fly pie, Pete. You got a sweet tooth. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Shoe fly pie is, you know, sort of like the molasses jelly that's in pecan pie. Yeah. Right. So it's that, but instead of covered in pecans, it's pecans, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's covered in the like brown sugar cinnamon stuff that's on the top of the crumbly muffins. Hmm. So it's like crumble muffin tops on a molasses pie. It's pure sugar, man. Wow. It, and let me say, amazing. it's so good. Like, it's worth, like, being Amish for, like, a while. Mm-hmm. Like, it's worth, like, giving all this up. Like You had that reverse Rumspringer, right? Exactly. I was like, enough of this. <laughs> enough of this. Uh, podcast, drink. I did it now, not even when I was a teenager. Oh, wow. I, was I just ran back. Because that pie is that good. Yeah. So you're um, saying next time I drive by one of those, like, Amish uh, wait, markets. Yeah, wait, you live in Philly. Yeah. How have you not had a shoe fly pie yet? Because some, when someone says shoe fly pie, I don't think delicious because mm. it combines flies and pie, uh, and shoes. And, and shoe I don't pie, think that's funny. Two yeah. worst I, I mean, I, I agree with you, Pete. It's a poorly named pie. For Thank what it you. Is. Yeah. But the so idea is it's so sweet. Then it's so check sweet it out. It attracts flies and you got to go shoe flies. Get away from this delicious sweet pie. That's the idea there. Oh, wow. I see. Alex wow. really selling this pie. It's yeah. one of my favorite pies. But, well, but uh, before, mostly, before, I just yeah. have one more thing on this. Pete, next time you pass Amish country, yeah. drive up, hide your car because they don't like cars. Yeah, yeah. And take your clothes off. Join the Amish. Try to take spot. my clothes off. I feel like oh, that's I, where you're. Well, they don't like your modern balls. clothes. I don't think you, you joined the mind. Amish. I think you joined a nudist colony, Justin. Really? Oh, really? Uh, yeah. The pie was still good. But <laughs> well, that's all that different type of pie. You know what I'm talking about? Nope. Get out of Justin. here with that. Don't you don't you besmirch <laughs> my pie you? years. How dare you? My nude pie years. The last thing, I'm mostly talking about this pie, though, because I don't want to talk about the other part that I was frustrated with the storyline is I think this is another one of those things like – 
they there's no real reason for Klaus to suddenly decide, oh, I want to search for my mom now and go and look for her other than for them to have the information what? that his mom is dead, which they kind of get coincidentally anyway. So if it leads to a situation where ultimately like, great, we're past this. They know it's a paradox. They know what's going on. And then they have to deal with it for the next eight episodes. Awesome. But as is, even though I had a fun time watching the individual parts of it, overall, you can feel the plot mechanisms creaking a little bit when you're watching yeah. the show. All right. First off, I, I hard disagree because I, I really like that choice because first off he's kind of sobering up coming to, and then being like, okay, I've got some shit that I want to look into, but also kind of how sometimes it works with memories or, or kind of like things that are maybe in your past that you've blocked out or whatever, uh, uh, you know, years can go by before it kind of unlocks. So the fact that like it just kind of happened and the and he's dropping everything to deal with it. I like that choice. And also teaming him uh, with retired five uh, was worth it just for the old people bits alone. The old so, people bits. Take your um, fucking criticism and shove it. I, I agree. I'm going to agree with both of you. Uh, wow, that seems oddly. impossible. Yeah, well, let me tell you how, because I agree. I think you do see some of the plot scaffolding here. It doesn't make a ton of sense why um, a lot of the actions seem a little unmotivated. But one thing that I thought watching this episode um, is the motivation is fixed a little bit when if you take into consideration that these characters are like kids, even though they're adults, they behave as like kids without like a huge attention span. Like Luther's just like. Only purely motivated by what's happening in the moment. And he's like, this is weird. Oh, yeah. I like this. Uh, and like Klaus is the same way. He's like, I, I want to find my mom. Like, and then he goes and does it. Like, it's very like they all have this sort of childish way about them. For the most part, I think Victor is a little bit of a different situation. Um, but the the whole thing feels like that justifies a lot of their sort of random actions. Yeah. One of the reasons I love this episode is we get a lot of answers to things. When you have Luther, who is just fantastic in this episode, just running so happy about his life and then just slowly realizing he's being uh, chased and, and, and uh, you know, in trouble, he's the last one to realize it, which says a lot about him. But when he's in the... Uh, bird facility or the other uh, teens. The fact that wow. he, we have this huge revelation that Ben is the reason that they suck as a team. And is the reason that they've all splintered off. Like this other team who loves teamwork and thrives on it. Doesn't have this huge kind of like, missing piece that was Ben. And I love this kind of realization because without Ben, they all fall, fell apart and you love uh, and kind of splintered. And this huge event caused the family to suck as a family unit and they're in trouble because of it. And so to have Luther just kind of wandering around his other possible life of like, hey, if my team didn't have these adversities and kind of was raised in this way, we would be like this, trapped in our houses, sure, but 
the you know he loves the facilities he loves the kind of like whole setup of it and you know uh finds out that yeah because they have their band they're a great unit and can uh work together i thought it was really the fact that like luther stumbles across this answer and is like oh yeah you know as he's making himself a uh you know an all you can eat or whatever uh kind of dropping these huge kind of like bombs was really great uh, I thought you were going to respond to that, Justin. Uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, I agree with Pete. I, I think to have Ben be the sort of interlocutor between the group and really highlighting him is such a change from the first two seasons where I felt like for a long time Ben was like, hey, he's not there. And then he's sort of a ghost, but he doesn't do much. And then he was such a huge factor at the end of last season to continue that, I think, is really nice. Also, I also I- do really uh, – oh, the quick thing that I wanted to say is I really like how Justin H. Min is playing Ben this season as a total dick. Yeah. Like there's this – sharpness sort of snakiness to the way that he's delivering the lines he's just kind of angry and angular and everything and it's it's great it's a very different bed than we've seen before and i'm having a lot of fun watching it it feels like if marcus is the number one the sort of face of sparrow academy ben is like the one who's actually getting shit done behind the Mm -hmm. scenes also i love how everybody's just so happy to see ben alive that they you know they aren't really paying attention to what he's saying or his threats because they're just so happy to see him. Uh, I love this running bit because of the, it's just like, oh, I don't care what you're saying to me or the fact that you want to kill us. It's just so great to see you alive. I do, while we're still talking about this, really like the relationship between Lothar and Sloane. It's very sweet and innocent. The exchange that they have where he's like, and I was on the moon for a while. Yeah, and she says, like, it's cool. And he's like, you th- you think that's cool that I was yeah. on the moon? He's like, yeah, it is cool. Yes, it's very fun because, of course, us as viewers were like, yes, it's cool to live on the moon. But everybody else has been so dismissive of it the entire time. It's nice to see people liking Luther. Like, he seems to yeah. actually fit into the Sparrow Academy way better than he fit into the Umbrella Academy. Yeah, they need a number one, turns yeah. out. There you go. So maybe that's heading that direction. And of course, we also get a little uh, floaty kiss at the end to higher love and on the on the nose music cue, if there ever was one. Yeah, right. Uh, but it's a very yeah. cute kiss at the end. Uh, I know I was harping on this the last episode, Pete, but now that Luther Sloan is official, how are you feeling about that in relationship to Luther Allison? Yeah. Well, it's tough because there was that whole brother sister thing. So this is nice. But, but it's grew also up in the same house, essentially. Like, right. it's not like there was ever any of. And also, that. I mean, if you're going to work it on that, Sloan is also technically his sister. What? What? Well, they were all born on the same day, right? Oh, that's weird. out of the same particles or whatever. Oh, OK. I'm glad you said particles. Um, I think it's one of those things where <laughs> that's what would... I call semen. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> I really didn't need that. Oh, today. Wow. That changes um, the particle accelerator. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, don't go to that place. It's a I, mess. What point I'm trying to desperately get to is it would be nice to see other people get love interest as well. Uh, you know, Luther swimming in it, but it would be nice to see. Oh, OK. Maybe... You're jealous of Luther taking all the datable material on the show. Is that what's going on here? Well, you know, there are other great people out there. You know what I Who mean? Who are you trying to get in my, Everyone's <laughs> had relationships. I'd like to see, you know, uh, you know, Klaus uh, do some good things. And, uh, he dated, he dated that uh, He dated that dude. I know. 
I know. Yeah. And he went off to now it was very horrible. But truly, uh, last season, didn't everyone sort of have? Allison has had multiple relationships. Sure. Yeah. Um, sure. We had um, Vanya last season with Sissy, which obviously left a huge mark on her. Yeah. Like everyone's out there. Yeah. Peter, you're talking Diego, about the character. Lila. Pete LePage needs to. <laughs> That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. Because your birthday trying. is October 1st, 1989 as well, right? Nope. Nope. Not even close, but I appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Well, but you were we move- made by particles. That's for sure. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> right, true. Alex. That's uh-huh. true. Yeah. We're definitely going to accelerate that little discussion. Oh my god! Why don't we move to the other big plot line, or at least the worldwide big plot line of the episode, which is Victor's coming out story here, as was very, very in a tiny little way hinted at in the first episode. Here, Vanya is walking, sees a haircutting place, gets a haircut, and reveals to everyone that he is Victor. And everybody seems very cool with it. The The biggest yeah. discussion is Allison, which I thought was great because Allison and Victor have had such a uh, very specific sibling relationship. Specifically, they push the sister's relationship very hard. So that is something that potentially could have gone wrong you know, just in a dramatic way. So the fact that it does go right and does feel so real, I thought was pretty awesome. And the whole thing, I don't know if it struck you guys this way, but it really felt to me like discussions the cast probably had with Elliot. Yeah. Well, that's what, has there ever been a situation like this where an actor made a change in their life and then the show reflected it? Like, I I thought that was so cool. Not, not so. Uh, yes, I think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean, when people are pregnant, they they you know have to hide around lamps and stuff. That's true, but they mostly just hide stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. There, I'm not thinking of it right now. There has been stuff, but this feels like such a deft pivot. Here is the yeah. way that I'd put it, where it's something that happened between seasons. And what it feels like, and I think this is to the show's merit, is it feels like they probably had a plot set out for the Vanya character. And then Elliot said, listen, uh, I'm a man. (laughs) That's who I am. And they were like, oh, okay. And so they added a couple of scenes here to make that, no pun intended, transition to Victor and then kept everything the same. And that's kind of how it should be because Victor is who Victor always has been, as Victor states, same as Elliot is who Elliot has always been, as Elliot states. So having the same plot there regardless, I think, is great. I well, mean, and also the fact that the, you ruined you know, a that, really great moment there, but that that Klaus being like, "Who's Victor?" and her being like, "It's who I've yeah. always been," was such yeah. a powerful and great way to kind of uh, state that, you know. And also, I love the honesty of like, "Who's Victor?" of like, "What what do we?" you know, and then that kind of thing of like. Uh, it's who I was am. I think it was such a cool thing. And then I also liked Allison's kind of like, oh, I should have known, like this immediate, like, you know, I could understand that if somebody uh, feels like they've been hiding something, if you're close to that person, you might think like to yourself, like, why didn't I pick up on it? I could have helped, you know, when you care about somebody, you want to do well by them. So I like the fact that she was kind of immediately beating herself up a little bit. And then Victor being like, hey, you know, I struggled with it too. Don't beat yourself up. Just uh, really well done conversations. Really thought it was uh, uh, very powerful and very cool and very happy that we didn't have to, you know, like have anybody fighting or kind of like, you know, 
So I was just, I felt like that was great. And I think it did two things um, for the larger story and relationships in the show. Um, it showed the Umbrella Academy as a real family and really like, um, like being like kind, understanding, um, but like re- very real about it in a positive way. I thought that was very cool and will hopefully be reflected in the larger story that that is actually what makes them special and able to beat, say, Sparrow Academy when they are clearly way more powerful or organized with them. It's their family unit and strength they find together that makes them strong. And two, it also feels like Victor, uh, Victor's relationship with Sissy last season not only um, uh, helped um, him go from being Vanya to Victor, but also like Victor seems like he's taking a larger role in the umbrella Academy. There's like much mm-hmm. more of a, like, you know what? I'm sick of sort of being the one everyone kept to the side, like in season one, or like was just dealing with uh, their own problems off to the side. Now Victor's like, no, I'm going to fix this. How come you guys aren't helping me? It's, we need to be better about this. So like there is sort of a signaled relationship change as well alongside this. Now the fact that that's all paired together, I think is much smarter and better than it being like, look, Victor Vanya became Victor and that's it. Like it, yeah. it having a, a whole thing is great. Yeah. My favorite beyond the Allison conversation, which I thought like I was saying, and like Pete was saying was very good and very real. My favorite moment here was Victor coming up just rapid fire, having everybody being like, fine by me, cool, whatever you want. And then Victor sits down and they immediately go into another conversation. To me, that was such a clear signal of like, this is what it is. Let's move on. Let's go. And I, I thought that was really, really well done. Um, why don't we talk about Allison, though, just because we're touching on that, because she seems to be going through it this episode to the oh, point man. that she's yeah. basically having like breaking point, a, a literal breaking point. She seems to be having a psychotic break in the middle of the diner towards the end. Uh, of at least a, a panic attack, if nothing yeah. more, I think. It seems like the kind of paradoxes and the different worlds are kind of colliding in her head. Um and, and so it's, she's having a hard time with what is real and what, what isn't. So, yeah, I mean, that whole scene where like she shows up to her kid's house and it's not her kid was just absolutely heartbreaking. Um, yeah. And so to have those kind of like moments where the diner and all those kinds of things collide was, uh, pretty intense for the character and super sad. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, really well done and well acted. Um, yeah, it was, it was very sad. Like we talked about, it was sort of like, you should probably know, have anticipated this before you mm-hmm. got there, but obviously that helped get such a like heartbreaking scene, um, in front of our eyes. So that was cool. I also think it really, you asked earlier about the Allison Luther relationship, feels like she's that's not at all on her radar. She's no. focused on her daughter. She's even maybe a bit focused on her husband here. We get to see him. She seems to be excited to see him in this moment. So maybe there's something there. Uh, she flashes back to her time in the past. So maybe there's some thought to that relationship that she had. So feels like she's definitely fully away from Luther. And it also puts her in an interesting place because she wants the briefcase maybe more than anyone now, I would think. Mm -hmm. Uh, Five wants it for his own ends. Um, Victor wants it for his own ends. But now Allison is sort of in the same boat. And we do get to see Lila very briefly. She uses Faye, I think it is, bird powers to get back the briefcase. Um, Her previous briefcase is not working. This is another thing that I feel like 
Of course, if they change the timeline, there's going to be some weird problems with the briefcase. So this is another thing that I want them to hurry up and maybe like figure out a little quicker than they're figuring out. But it's fine. It's been two episodes, so they'll get there. Uh, we also get to see Lester Pocket very. Oh, what were you going to say, Justin? I was going to say Lila feels like she. I mean, we get to see her what three times in this episode. Yeah. Like I yeah. feel like she's going to have a bit of a role, which I was surprised about. She breaks her briefcase, gets another one. Loses she feels like it. A, great, yeah, she feels like a chaos meltdown. agent. Yeah, and I'm curious what her because I thought if she was just sort of ditching her son. But with Diego, but it does feel like maybe she's got more going. Quote unquote son, because I don't know what was coming out of his ears, but that didn't look that didn't look normal. That was gross. That was yeah, I was gross. like, I don't think that's a real kid. I think maybe that's like a decoy kid or something. Mm-hmm. Because it seems because of like, the ear juice? You think a decoy child has ear juice? I'm just saying she shows up and seems like she has this other agenda going on. She knows Diego's dumb. So she's like, I'm going to put this alien baby in front of Diego. That will distract him long enough so I can get the briefcase and get out of here. And then the kid melts because it's not a real kid or something. But um, it uh, I really think that they're positioning her as going to be maybe a big bad later that they have to kind of go up against. Mm. Um, but Wait, I, I just also, wanted to get after back. The, uh, just Pete, uh, I'm with you on alien baby thing. Like that ear juice is weird. Yes, kids get ear infections, but yeah. that feels like that can't be a random detail that you're just throwing in there necessarily. Um, maybe it was to get them to the drugstore so that they could have the big fight with the Sparrow Academy folks, which was very fun, by the way. But still, yeah, I'm I want to get there in a second. But I just want to say, like, you know, uh, I've seen ear infections. My brother's had them forever. Tell uh, us. Ne- Never seen that color come out, uh, so that's what Your made me. Brother, see. yeah, my. There's okay. no need to quote. So I have an actual brother. That's okay, what you call yeah, your right ear, yeah. right? Is no, your brother? No, no. I wish I was lying, but I'm not. I, I have actually two brothers, have one on each side of my head. <laughs> I've that met your sorry. actual brother, so I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, but, sorry, Pete. There's so much ear juice coming out of your right ear that it's pushing your headphone out, and I don't think you can hear us very well. Uh I just think that after this episode, it'd be heartbreaking if that kid wasn't really his kid, because I feel like that could have been a distraction. But after the bonding that kind of happened in the fight, uh, now I want that kid to be real. I think it's more fun if that kid is real in the in their fight. But explain the neon yellow juice coming out of his ears. Hey, pus is weird. It comes out, it's gross, it's, it smells bad. Like, I think sure. that was just a standard grossness. Um, we see Diego and his son fight. He definitely has Diego energy. They're fighting oh, yeah. together. Um, and Lila seems like she wanted to um, leave uh, their son aside so she could go do her own stuff. If this was all an overarching plot of revenge or something, I don't know if she'd be so quick to just go do her other stuff. So I'm on... I'm on son is real son. Ear juice is ear juice. Oh, man. You're on team ear juice is what yeah. you are. As always, EJ for life. Gross. <laughs> oh A couple of other things that happen in this episode. We get to see Lester Pocket again. He is spying on Allison before escaping into an alleyway. What do you think is going on there? What's your big theory? That guy's creepy, man. Yeah, I wonder it because he was outside the um, diner right after Allison was sort of having her episode, whatever you want right. to call it. Mm-hmm. So maybe he's he's push pulling. I don't know if he could be good. He could be bad. 
I just want to throw out there, uh, maybe we did make this connection on the last episode, but I don't think we did. We were talking about how the big ball of energy in the basement might be the center of a hot pocket, the hottest thing imaginable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy is named Lester Pocket. Yeah. So did we make that connection? I honestly don't remember. We did, of, yes. We did. Um, halfway through the episode, oh, I was proof. like, wait, his Good. name's Lester Pocket. And we talked about Hot Pocket because that got us talking about Cold Pockets. Mm. And where we ended up there is that maybe a Cold Pocket is an olive with a pimento on the inside. Oh, Stop. Yeah, I do Why would that you call that back? Episode. Why would you call that? That was Because my original case, I stand by, a donut mm. is the Cold Pocket. No. Pete <laughs> refused to accept no, that a donut, dumb. a jelly donut is a Cold Pocket. And I'm telling you. No. That's what I think. That's the jelly donut does has a cold pocket inside, and that jelly does get very cold. But a cold hot pocket. pocket. Oh my God. <laughs> well, but think about this, Pete. If it is, if Lester Pocket is a cold pocket <laughs> like a jelly donut, that might tie back to the donut lady from the first season who you mm. love so much. Uh, so that might be tying up that whole storyline. Well, now uh, we got him t- on board. I'm I am excited that hopefully this uh cold pocket can take out the floating lava because mom was getting way <laughs> too comfortable with that and I'm really worried about her as a character. Yeah. She and that, just so we're clear, her name is not Donut Lady, it's Cold Pocket Lady from here on out. No, yeah, don't you dare. <laughs> uh, You're you know, in love with a cold pocket later. All of the characters as cold pocket. I think that'll make things easier for the listeners. Definitely. Yes. But at back on Lester Pocket. I am <laughs> unclear what he's doing. Um, he uh, obviously it's a mystery. He's I feel like because he's being shown as something um, that they're scared of or cautious about, it feels like maybe he's going to end up being someone who's helping them. Mm, interesting. A uh, couple uh, it, of oh, go ahead, Pete. But that doesn't make any sense. Why would you hide then and be so sketchy and creepy? Why wouldn't you just be like, "Hey, I'm trying to help"? Maybe he's scared. They seem pretty intimidating. If you had to help the Umbrella Academy, you're such a big fan of the show, Pete. Mm-hmm. You'd probably be a little nervous to go up and talk to them, right? No, I'd go right up to Diego, punch him in the face, and be like, love your work. Oh, wow. What? Yeah. Huh. I'd say my friends. But you're so, you love Ben so much, you'd kiss his little tentacle ends. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> we do a float kiss. We would uh-huh. float kiss, me and Ben. Every night before we went to sleep, you'd be like... Little baby kisses on those tiny little ends. Tiny little right on the ends. Not on any other part. Just that. Uh, I really like the conversation that Klaus and Five had by the big ball of twine and ending with the punchline of, I think it was something like, I said nice things, now you say nice things. And then Five just leaving. Very fun. Oh, it was all right, all right. You said nice things about me now. And then the other thing, Five's reaction when he sees the cows disappear and he says something to the effect of, I don't get one fucking day off. <laughs> very fun as well. Yeah, very. I'm getting too old for this shit energy from a uh, young person. Very, yes. like a boy. Any other uh, notes from the episode you guys want to call out, Pete? Yeah, Klaus had, uh, I almost died from toxic farts last night. That was just Luther's really toxic farts. Yeah. Let's not forget. Um, yeah, a couple of things I want to say. Um, we get this reveal uh, that the Umbrella Academy are known as the Kennedy Six. They're in the history books. And that's where we see um, uh, Victor finds Sissy in there as well, which I thought was cool. Um, and what do we, so. But Dick yeah. moved to rip out the page. You, you shouldn't do that in case other people well, need some research. It's at a, in a hotel 
you know, it's just in the hotel. Still, so, yeah, it's not a hotel it's lobby. Not a it's a library in the hotel. I mean, another guest needs to look something up. It's like that old song. After the party is the hotel lobby. And if you're in the hotel lobby, rip a page out of a book. Yeah. Uh, and he, hotel lobbies the have goes. the best books. Yeah. Uh, but I was going to say, so with the, between that and the fact that um, all of their moms were killed before they were born. So they were effectively eliminated from the timeline, creating this grandfather paradox. Do we think Hargreaves is behind that? Based on him, his interactions, like he said, with the Kennedy Six? Certainly seems like the most likely possibility at this point, right? Or it's the character that everybody keeps calling mom. Maybe she's behind it. Hmm. Or maybe Lester Pocket. Lester Pocket. I do think that um, Hargreaves, we have this thing from earlier seasons where he's like an alien and all of that stuff that we've just, there's just been dropped in our lap without any sort of justification. It does feel like the season, the season needs to move back toward Hargreaves, either mm. as a, a larger big bad or some sort of force that they have to contend with. It definitely does doesn't, seem like, oh, go ahead, Pete. He doesn't seem like a force in this episode. We've seen him for two seconds and he's just like, eh, I'm yeah. watching TV. Yeah, was that like, like TJ Hooker or something? Yeah, he's like, like go get him, TJ. Yeah. I, yes, so that sort of works against this. But at the same time, the fact that he hated the Umbrella Academy so much, it kind of made sense that he would remember who they were and kill their mothers before they were born, oh. um, potentially, which is kind of horrible and dark. But it sort of fits with the character as we know him up to that point, if not necessarily the point he's at currently, however he got there. Uh, one other detail that I thought was very fun that I, I forgot about it earlier is after Luther is kidnapped by the sparrows, when they let him go, they give him a tote bag. Very fun. Fun. Very fun. Uh, don't forget your tote one. bag. Yeah. I wonder what we never found out what was in there. I thought that was, uh, well, it's all swag for yeah. the sparrow. Definitely. Guy. Probably some almond butter, a shirt. Yep. I'm guessing yeah, a shirt. Yeah. Sets yeah. A candle. A, a, cap. a Zoon. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little blanket with their own. There's a Zoon. Zoon uh, and Microsoft Zoon and Azima. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also want to ask, um, why is the sort of singularity paradox wave killing only small and increasingly larger animals? I think, here's my theory on that. My theory is so that it doesn't eliminate any of the main characters yet and five can notice it's happening. Oh, uh, see, this is more of your mad at the plot a little bit. If if I may, I... Uh, spend a lot of my time in college staring at a lava lamp. So if you do kind of spend a lot of time with something like that, it does explain its plan that it would start killing the smallest creatures that nobody would know and then work its way up through the food chain. Mm. So that's kind of always been any ball of lava, uh, uh, any kind of uh, liquid in an almost solid forms, evil plans from the beginning. Like that soda that used to exist where it would have like the little bubbles floating in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was really good and gross, but mm-hmm. it's good stuff. Yeah, if you spend too much time with a boba tea, you're gonna, they're going to tell you the oh, same thing. Oh, I'm not thing. even thinking of boba tea. There's the soda that was, came out like 15, 20 years ago. I think it was called Orbits. Where it was yes. soda, and there were tiny little tapioca pearls that were floating in it. Very delicious. I don't believe that. What? That was gross. Oh, I loved it. I it's like someone it spilled jelly in your, <laughs> your like soda water. Crystal light as well. Did you like the no, uh, no, no. clear Just Pepsi? Orbits. Just orbits. Okay, because orbits bring it back. is dumb. Started the campaign to bring or hashtag bring back orbits. Nope. Let's do it. Let's get it trending. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I was listening to the Umbrella Academy recap podcast, and that's why it's trending now. It had orbits going. Um, I also wanted to say one last thing, which is... Wait, I'm sorry to interrupt. Say the thing, but I just want to clarify. We should probably amend the hashtag. Should it be hashtag bring back orbits, but not the gum that's already back? Go ahead. Uh, good call. Good call. Yeah. A little long never for a hashtag. Left. Hashtag uh, never left. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs> Never left. Um, I loved the, um, the just some images here. The Klaus running from the Amish, I thought was very cool. Very oh fun. my god, that was such a fun start. The car, just great, just great stuff. And five um, using the um, marker on the windows, just like a lot of cool <laughs> yeah. stuff there. Um, do we think Mom is going to end up being um, sort of the paradox villain? Like if, if the paradox becomes a corporeal form, it'll be Mom. Who is? I could see that. I could see some sort of thing like the hot pocket ball could go inside her, and she becomes like this godlike robot straight out of Superman three type deal. You know? Yeah. If she were to bravely eat the hot pocket, Mm -hmm. don't I don't recommend it. You don't recommend eating a hot pocket. Uh, I don't. I've I've burnt myself too many times, uh, and it's it's it's. It's not really that that worth it. It's good for a couple of seconds, but it gets bad fast. Anyways, uh, I loved when uh, Victor was kind of t- telling everybody, you know, the team, like what happened. And Diego was immediately like, oh, rookie move. Totally sucker in you. Like you fell for that. Like that was just hysterical. After all this information, that was like Diego's first reaction. Um, and uh, it's, it was fun to see Chris as well in this episode. Uh, I'm really hoping we get some kind of translation or something on all the jokes that Chris is dropping that we're missing because people are you cracking up. Christopher the Cube. Yes. yes. Chris okay. the Cube. Oh, Chris. Yeah. yeah, Chris. What other Chris know. am I talking about? I don't know. Your friend Chris or something? Yeah. I, it's funny. The, they call him Christopher or Cube, and you, uh, <laughs> you're like Chris, my man Chris. Yeah, my boy Chris, <laughs> Floating Cube. He's dropping crazy uh, jokes, and people good are cracking old, good up. Good old CC, Christopher Cube. Yeah, C squared. You're in a um, three on three hoop it up tournament with with Chris, right? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's you, Chris, and a hot pocket, and a hot pocket. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's uh, Hakeem Olajuwon, Chris, and I. Wow, real ringer out there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, just, I just ring that. Uh, Wait, let me ask honest, you, what I are you doing like, on this yeah, team? Yeah, I feel like uh, you're well, the cube Chris. are pulling your weight. Uh, yeah, I brought Chris. Oh, you exactly. brought Chris. Yeah, yeah. Well, and you're playing against some of the Space Jam characters, right? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but what's great is Chris Wait, can from the new Space Jam or the Monstars from the original? Monstars, man. Oh, okay. Good stuff. Who gets top marks this episode? Pete, who gets top marks? Oh, this is tough. I mean... Uh, I want to give it to Victor. Victor did a great job in this episode. They handled it so great well. Call. I was really impressed. Uh, and I thought, uh, great, great performance on uh, on all sides. Cool. What about you, Justin? I got a, I agree about Victor, but um, to change it up, I'm going to give it up to Luther. Great Luther app. We got to see the Sparrow Academy through his eyes. I love that he's finally in a potential relationship with someone who seems to love him on the same wavelength um, as he loves uh, Sloan. So that's very fun. I'm really feeling Luther this season. I'm going to throw it out to Klaus, I think. 
just because it was nice to have him back in a main storyline. He took a little mm-hmm. bit of a back burner than the previous episode. Favorite character on the show. Love to see him at the forefront. Just very fun stuff. And for all of you, if you'd like to support our podcast, patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast on YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about the Umbrella Academy. Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. Until next time, we'll see you at the Podcademy! Cold pocket. (laughs) 